This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America, your source for Pan-African news and world developments. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight... So I think this is just one of the many troubling signs of his continued authoritarian behavior and a signal that he's not done with trying to really rein in any sort of potential opposition to him and his rule. That's Sarah Yerkes, a senior fellow at the Carnegie Middle East program on Tunisian President Kais Saeed's continued crackdown on people he sees as threats. Details coming up. Also, troops in Mali have killed in, are killed in clashes with militants, and Benin's main opposition rejects election results. We'll have these stories and more on African News Tonight. But first, our top story. Three prominent opponents of Tunisian President Kais Saeed say they've received notices from prosecutors indicating they were under investigation. Charges include assaulting public security and insulting the president. Saeed warned that judicial actions must be taken against those who defame the symbols of the state and that such actions should be considered as an attack on state security. Meanwhile, the Tunisian General Labor Union, UGTT, the country's powerful labor force, has criticized the president, saying it rejects his autocratic approach and will not remain silent. Sarah Yerkes, a senior fellow at the Carnegie Middle East program, explained these moves to VOA senior analyst Mohammed El-Shadawi. First of all, I mean, I think this is very troubling, but at the same time, it's not surprising. We've seen Saeed repeatedly go after anyone who represents any sort of threat to him. And it seems right now that he seems to be stepping up his attacks on the opposition, whether it's these three political figures. We've also seen reports of arrests of people who publish things online that are in opposition to Saeed. And so I think this is just one of the many troubling signs of his continued authoritarian behavior and a signal that he's not done with trying to really rein in any sort of potential opposition to him and his rule. The Tunisian General Labor Union, the country's powerful union, has criticized the president saying that it rejects his autocratic approach and will not remain silent. The union, with more than a million members, announced its intention to occupy the streets soon to show its disapproval of the government's 2023 austerity budget. How significant is that position from the union? The union has really kind of gone back and forth in its opposition to Saeed during the past year and a half. At times, they've been quite supportive of his actions. At other times, they've made similar threats in order to have large general strikes or to kind of go against his actions. They are very much opposed to his austerity budget. They're very much opposed to the conditionality that the IMF has put forward for Tunisia to receive its $1.9 billion loan. And so it's not surprising that the union would be quite angry and would be threatening to have this sort of large general strike. But at the same time, we haven't seen the union actually take a lot of action. Most of what they've done so far is really posturing and kind of making these threats. So it's not clear if they will actually go through with their threats. And it's also not clear what Saeed's reaction to that would be. 
you know, he really needs the support of the union. The union is incredibly powerful. So we just don't know if he'd be willing to actually counter them and what he really could do. He really needs that budget to move forward in order to get the IMF deal. So he's really in a difficult position right now when it comes to the union. Tunisian President Qais Saeed decided to extend the state of emergency imposed across the country for one month, starting from January 1st until January 30th this year. Tunisian emergency law allows the authorities exceptional powers, including carrying out home arrest, banning official meetings, imposing curfews, monitoring media and press, prohibiting assemblies and media censorship without permission from the judiciary. How do you explain this move? Well, first of all, Saeed has really been relying on a state of emergency pretty much since his coup in July of 2021 in order to make it easier to carry out his autocratic actions. You know, putting this state of emergency forward does allow him to do all these sorts of things that he needs to do to really consolidate his power. But now it's a little bit strange, given that he's passed his constitution, that, you know, he's really codified the fact that he has ultimate power. And so he doesn't need the state of emergency in the same way that he needed it prior to the passage of this new 2022 constitution. So it's a little bit odd that he would be continuing the state of emergency. On the other hand, by saying that the country is under a state of emergency, it justifies some of the statements he's making about the threats to Tunisia. He's, you know, kind of made up these conspiracy theories about threats to himself. And so saying that the country requires a state of emergency feeds into this kind of conspiracy theory narrative that he's put forward. That was Sarah Yerkes, a senior fellow at the Carnegie Middle East program, speaking to VOA's Mohamed Al-Shanawi. The French news agency AFP says, Benin's main opposition has rejected the result of this week's parliamentary election. The opposition Democrats say vote buying, ballot box stuffing, and other fraud led to the victory of two groups that favor President Patrice Talon, the Republican Bloc, and Progressive Union for Renewal Party. The program allies won 81 seats in the 109-member parliament, while the opposition won 28. So far, the opposition has presented no evidence to back up its claim. The news service notes that the election marks the return of the opposition to the legislature following a four-year absence. Strict election rules in 2019 barred opposition parties from participating in the vote, ensuring a majority for supporters of the president. AFP says the vote is a test for Benin, whose democracy, according to critics, has eroded since the cotton magnet came to office six years ago. Mali's army says 14 troops were killed and 11 wounded in central Mali when their vehicles struck explosives planted by Islamist militants. Annie Reisenberg reports from Bamako, Mali. Mali's army said in a press release Wednesday there were two simultaneous explosive attacks Tuesday on military vehicles that left 14 troops dead and 11 wounded. The attacks were in central Mali, a region that has seen increasing violence in recent years from Islamist militants. The army statement says Mali's airborne special forces engaged what it called terrorists, killing 31 of them, including 14 as they were burying their dead. No group immediately claimed responsibility for Tuesday's attacks. 
Mali has been battling an Islamist insurgency since 2012, which started in the north of the country before spreading. The militants took control of northern Mali in 2012 until the French army intervened in 2013 to drive them out. French President Emmanuel Macron announced last year that French troops would withdraw from Mali after months of tensions between Paris and Bamako. France deplored Mali's military government working with Russian Wagner mercenaries who have been accused of committing atrocities in the Central African Republic, Libya, Mali, Syria, and Ukraine. Mali's military government denies working with mercenaries and says there are only official Russian military instructors in the country. Mali has been under military rule since an August 2020 coup that ousted former President Ibrahim Boubacar Keita. Violence has continued to move south ever since, with ongoing attacks in central Mali and increasing attacks in southern Mali. Militants on January 2nd attacked a civil defense post about 80 kilometers from the capital, killing five people. In July, militants killed six people in an attack on a checkpoint 70 kilometers from Bamako, followed by another attack one week later on Mali's main military camp, just 15 kilometers from the capital. Annie Reisenberg for VOA News, Bamako, Mali. Doctors. Doctors Without Borders, known by its French acronym MSF, has welcomed Cameroon's release of five members of its staff who were detained for a year on charges of helping separatists. Cameroon's military arrested the aid workers for transporting a man with gunshot wounds who they said was a rebel. MSF maintains it helps anyone who needs medical care and says it will only resume work in separatist areas with government security guarantees. Mokirwin Kinzeka reports from Boya, Cameroon. Supporters of Doctors Without Borders have been visiting the home of Felix Tegui, one of five members of the organization's staff Cameroon's military released after being held on charges of aiding separatists. 19-year-old University of Boya student Benedict Luma said the medical aid group saved his uncle's life in 2020. My uncle bled excessively when he was shot in the leg. Everyone was afraid he would die because there was no hospital around. Our neighbor advised us to call doctors without borders on phone. And in less than an hour, the ambulance came to save my uncle's life. The group, known by its French abbreviation MSF, this week welcomed the military tribunal's December 29 acquittal of the five workers, four of them Cameroonians and one Indian. The military arrested two of the staff in December 2021 in Guti, a southwestern town on the border with Nigeria, while they were transporting a patient with a gunshot wound to a hospital. The military said the patient was a separatist and the next month arrested two more MSF staff members, accusing them of collaboration. The French aid group said they abide by medical ethics of helping all in need but could not continue in the area under the threat of arrest. In May, MSF suspended operations in Cameroon's southwest. Despite the dropped charges, MSF's operations manager for Central Africa, Sylvian Gru, says they cannot yet resume the needed aid work. We are obviously awaiting to try to engage with the government so that we may resume our activities. And we hope that they will be willing to sit down and uh, discuss with us because these 
life-saving activities that we had to stop. It's very difficult for Ministry of Health ambulances to access certain areas. We were able to negotiate our access with all of the actors, and we were exceptionally allowed to do that, saving many lives. Paul Atanganji is Cameroon's Minister of Territorial Administration. While not specifically mentioning MSF, he told state broadcaster CRTV Tuesday that any aid groups helping rebels would be charged in court. Quand vous êtes gestionnaire des ONG, vous bénéficiez d'une autorisation. He says they will not allow aid groups that are believed to be separatist accomplices to operate in Cameroon. He says Cameroon's military is working hard to bring order in the restive western regions. He says government hospitals have proven they have all that it takes to save the lives of people who need assistance. Hospitals in Cameroon's conflict areas have struggled to maintain services and staff who say they have been victims of both military and separatists. Doctors Without Borders has provided medical aid in Cameroon to victims of Boko Haram Islamist militants along the northern border with Nigeria since 1984. Until last May, it also provided surgical care and malaria and COVID-19 treatment in Cameroon's restive southwest region. The aid group says it treated more than 1 million patients in Cameroon in 2020 alone. Cameroon's English-speaking separatists are fighting to break away from the French-speaking majority that it says treats them as second-class citizens. Since the conflict broke out in 2017, the UN says more than 3,500 people have been killed and 750,000 displaced. Moki Edwin Kinzuka for VOA News, Boya, Cameroon. You're listening to African News Tonight on The Voice of America. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Please note we have moved our program from voanews.com to voaafrica.com and there you'll find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. The past year has been a litany of human rights crises across the world and from Ukraine to China to Afghanistan, according to the Human Rights Watch organization in its latest annual report released today. The authors also say, however, that new champions of human rights have emerged. Henry Ridgewell reports. The Human Rights Watch organization says that following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the global community deserves credit for unleashing what it calls the full arsenal of the human rights system, including an investigation by the International Criminal Court. Tirana Hassan is the acting executive director of Human Rights Watch. We saw immediate responses from the international community to mobilise around key human rights supports, including establishing uh, international justice uh, mechanisms, evidence gathering for war crimes. In towns like Bucha and Izium, there is widespread evidence that occupying Russian soldiers tortured, raped and executed civilians. 
The United Nations Human Rights Council has documented several hundred civilian killings, thought to be a fraction of the total. Volker Turk, the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, spoke to reporters in December. In some cases, Russian soldiers executed civilians in makeshift places of detention. Others were summarily executed on the spot, following security checks in their houses, yards and doorways. Human Rights Watch's annual report also highlights ongoing abuses in China, including the mass detention, torture and forced labour of as many as a million Muslims in the Xinjiang region. Beijing denies the accusations. The report says the UN Human Rights Council's increased scrutiny of Beijing's actions is encouraging. Again, acting executive director Tirana Hassan. What we have seen for the first time in a very long time is cracks in the authoritarian armour. In Iran, protests triggered by the death of Masa Amini after she was detained by morality police have grown into nationwide anti-government demonstrations. Human Rights Watch says the execution of at least four protesters must trigger a stronger global response. Again, Tirana Hassan. We need to move beyond international solidarity for protesters and need to make sure that governments all over the world are holding Iranian officials to account. The report cites increasing human rights abuses in Myanmar, where the authors say the regime is launching assaults on communities across the country that oppose the military coup. In Ethiopia, Human Rights Watch says the recent African Union-led peace process has resulted in a fragile truce. Again, Tirana Hassan. Ensuring that there is accountability for the egregious crimes that took place uh, in the Tigray region, for example, is going to be critical for this ceasefire and this truce to actually hold. The report says climate change is having an increasing impact on basic rights worldwide. It says governments have a legal and moral obligation to regulate industries such as fossil fuel extraction that are incompatible with protecting basic rights. Henry Ridgewell for VUA News, London. Human Rights Watch says African nations need to do more to address the widespread displacement, killings and other abuses that have resulted from the continent's many conflicts. The rights group published a new report this week that summarizes human rights trends in 23 African countries. Mohamed Yusuf reports from VOA's African News Center in Nairobi, Kenya. Mausi Segun is the head of Human Rights Watch Africa. She says that in many African countries, the population is caught up in conflict and simply has nowhere to turn. Some of the most egregious human rights violations continue to cascade in the context of conflicts. Civilians have continued to bear the brunt of armed conflict, communal violence, political and social unrest, as well as government repression against critical and independent voices in several African countries. All of this has resulted in the destruction of lives and livelihoods. According to ACLED, the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project, there were at least 36,000 violent events and more than 50,000 deaths caused by violence in Africa last year. Human Rights Watch said in at least 15 armed conflicts in the Sahel, the Lake Chad Basin area, 
the Great Lakes region and the Horn of Africa. Government forces and armed groups have been implicated in abuses against civilians. Armed insurgents and in many cases government forces have inflicted terror and horror on civilians caught amid the fighting and forced hundreds of thousands of people to flee both within and outside their national borders where many face discrimination, rejection and sometimes violent repulsion. Political, religious and social intolerance has also increased according to human rights researchers. The report said hate speech attack on perceived political opponents increased competition for resources and other factors continue to fuel communal tensions, insurgency and extremist recruitment in some African countries. The rights group praised the African Union and regional bloc, including ECOWAS, for taking action, such as reconciling Ethiopia's warring factions, condemning coups in West Africa and refusing to recognize any attempt to seize power by force. Karine Kaneza Nantuya, Deputy Director of Human Rights Watch Africa Division, said the continental body is not doing enough to investigate human rights violations. They do hold summits. They do talk about... For instance, the fact that they want the Peace and Security Council to conduct a study and assessment of the driving causes behind these different crises. But the gap in there is that there's no emphasis on justice and accountability issue, which should be at the core of their political decisions. One, to sustain those uh, processes, and two, to provide redress and, and justice to the millions of victims that are affected by this crisis. In the Central African Republic and Guinea, the rights group noted progress in ensuring justice for serious crimes. The International Criminal Court in The Hague has opened trials against militia leaders in the Central African Republic and Sudan, both of which have committed serious crimes against civilians. The Washington-based organization Human Rights Watch Africa Division urges African leaders and governments to implement policies to monitor and report human rights violations in conflict zones. They say such a move could help prevent atrocities and humanitarian crises. Mohamed Yusuf for VA News, Nairobi. Morocco's Football Federation says it will not take part in a football tournament in Algeria starting this week. This after Algiers refused to allow the team to fly there directly on Morocco's national airline, Royal Air Maroc. The tournament begins Friday and finishes on February 4th. Reuters notes that Algeria closed its airspace to Moroccan aircraft in 2021 after it cut off diplomatic ties with Rabat. The two have disagreed over a range of issues, including the future of Western Sahara, which is claimed by Morocco, but whose independence is supported by Algeria. Morocco holds the title of the African Nations Championship for players under 23. Last month, its national team became the first from Africa to reach the World Cup semifinals. And that wraps up this uh, edition of African News Tonight. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. For all the latest developments on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. On behalf of our producer, Nicole Beckford, and our engineer, 
Shogun Chung. Thanks for choosing the Voice of America. relax, unwind, or charge up? Then listen to Music Time in Africa this weekend. It'll do all that for you and more. I'm Heather Maxwell. I know good music. And Africa is my passion. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for one hour of commercial-free Pan-African music of the highest caliber. You get great music, music news, and amazing artist interviews from rising stars to superstars. This listen will take you places. So do it. Join me for music.